Hi, I'm Anna Olson, and you're listening to We're Not Kidding, a podcast devoted to sharing stories surrounding the child-free life. As a life coach, I'm passionate about helping women feel confident and empowered in their choice not to have children. And I believe that by sharing our stories, we help break the stigma. So let's dive in. Welcome back, everyone. I'm so excited to have our first podcast guest today. Uh, I'll be speaking with Jill Vanden Havel, and Jill and I have known each other for a couple years now. We went through the same life coach training program, and she's become a dear friend ever since. Knowing that she's child-free, it just felt so fitting to have her be the first guest on the podcast. So Jill, thank you so much for being here today. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. And thank you so much for having me. I totally agree that it's awesome to be your first guest on here. And, you know, we've had some chats about this now recently, and I think that it's such a great, important conversation. So I'm really glad Mm. to be able to be a part of it. So yeah, yeah, thank you. you Yeah, name is Jill Vandenhavel, and I am a life coach for frustrated overachievers. Mm. Um, Having lived that life a lot myself, it's definitely something I'm aware of and trying to help other people with. But um, I am from Suamica, Wisconsin, which is on the outskirts of Green Bay. So a lot of people, of course, know about the Green Bay Packers, right? Yeah, go Pack, go. uh, (laughs) Yep. And um, I've been married to my wonderful husband for just over 11 years, and we don't have any children together, but I do have a 16-year-old stepson named Trevor, and we have him 50% of the time, and also have two cats, Skittles (laughs) and Bandit, so those two are my babies, and I treat them as such, and as far as just kind of things I like to do, um, basically building my coaching business had been my Mm. hobby for the last couple years, but I've been recently, I went full-time back in April, and now I'm dabbling in learning how to play the guitar and also picking up golf, introducing some new activities, so yeah. That's exciting, and congrats on going full-time. That's a big step. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, it has been. It's very exciting. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, knowing that you have a stepson, but you are child free. Was there ever a point in your life where you considered having biological children? Yes. In fact, there was a time when I wanted four of them. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) So definitely some life changes that happened along the way there. But Yeah. yeah, I think when Chris and I first met, I was 25. And around that time, I think I was kind of I think I was at that point going from wanting four to maybe going down a little bit to, you know, just two or, you know, something like that. I was kind of reconsidering that already, but um, yeah, that was always kind of my plan and just the assumed life that I thought Mm. that I was going to have was to have children. And then um, a few months into our relationship, I remember being on the phone with Chris and we were just kind of talking about, you know, the new exciting beginning part of the relationship and about the future and what it might look like. Should we stay together and should this all work out? And, um, and I mentioned something like, yep. And then when the little ones come along and the conversation got real quiet all of a sudden, and we had our first talk about how he was really not interested in having any more children at that point. So Mm. that was kind of a big blow for me because I 
adored our relationship right at the outset. Like I just, it just felt like it was meant to be and it was right. And that was just such a strange turn of events that I was not prepared for. So I took a couple days to think about it. And then I basically gave him the ultimatum. And I said, listen, I want to have kids. This is something that I want to do. And if it's something that you're not interested in, then we might as well just cut and run right now, because I don't want to keep going if we're not on the same wavelength. Yeah. So yeah. And then, um, so then he took a couple days to think about it <sighs> a little while. And um, over a couple conversations, he came to the conclusion that he would be willing to have children should we, you know, get to that point. Again, this is very early in our relationship. So wow, kind of yeah. interesting, an interesting deep conversation right away. But, but yeah, we said, okay, well, we'll, you know, build that in. And as we got closer, so we had gotten engaged. And then as we got closer to getting married and we had bought a house together, we always talked about the little one. We'd speak about this child and the plans for it and that kind of thing. And that's so interesting to hear in, in what you shared so far, that evolution where it was so important to you and such a part of your life vision that you were going to walk away from this relationship and fully prepared to do that, even though he kind of felt like the one. And to have that discussion so yeah. early on. So, right. um, right. <laughs> so then how did you come to the decision, even, you know, after building that vision then together of having kids and talking about the little ones? Yeah. What shifted? Yeah. So the decision struck me kind of like a lightning bolt. And there are, there's multiple points in my life where I feel like I've had these lightning bolt decisions or, you know, ideas that come up. They just kind of hit me out of nowhere, but I was actually floating around. We had a pool in our backyard and we had gotten married in June of 2010. And then this was July. So it was just a month after getting married and it was a weekday. I had the day off of work. It was a beautiful day. So I was out floating around in the pool by myself. And, um, and I just remember it so clearly. I heard a child crying in the distance. Oh, yeah. And I just started thinking about this, like, okay, so this is an interesting life that we have right now where we have Trevor half the time. And I had known Trevor since just before he turned two. And at this point now he was five. So we had, you know, experienced this half and half life for a few years now. But then on the other half of it, I was able to do things like just swim around in a pool and do whatever I wanted and that kind of thing. And I just remember kind of really evaluating the vision of the life that we had and being like, okay, so we have this where it's almost the best of both worlds currently. Like we have Trevor for so many of the fun events, things like, you know, him losing his first tooth and the first day of kindergarten. And, you know, you'd be like going through all that kind of stuff. But on the other side of it, it was like, yeah, but Chris Chris and I could still continue to date and work on our marriage and Mm. do the things that we wanted to do outside of having that family life. And I think it even took me a few days to bring it up to Chris as an idea. And he was pretty surprised as well oh, that I was sure. even thinking about that. And so we kind of let it marinate for a little while. And then both were kind of like, yeah, I'm okay with it. Like, let's just move forward with the decision that we're not going to and see how that feels, you know, just kind of try that on for a while. And yeah, we've never really looked back from there. Wow. So it sounds like you kind of very quickly <laughs> had this realization. <laughs> and from there, yeah. 
shifted. And it sounds to me like something that you hit on was the ability to really continue, like you said, dating your husband, nurturing that relationship. Mm -hmm. I know in my own life, that is really exciting to me about the child-free life is that I get to continue this most important relationship in my life, nurturing that and just focusing on it. And to me, that's really exciting. It's kind of cool to hear that from you as well. Absolutely. It was an interesting thing too, because then in my thought about it, I was like, is this a decision that I'm making just because, I don't know, we'll say like a selfish, which I know is something that comes up a lot. I don't have any desire to wake up in the middle of the night for the next few years. And I think too, the motherly kind of thing, having that just desire and the want to be a mother, like I just didn't feel it at that Mm. point. And I liked the idea of also just kind of trying that on for a while and being like, yes, it was a very quick decision, but we don't have to necessarily make it permanent until we, we know for sure too. So just be like, okay, let's see. But Yeah, I think ultimately that lightning bolt was definitely a huge turning point of of change in mind for me that has stuck ever since. Yeah, I love that. Once you guys made this decision, were there people outside of your unit, you and Chris, that you wanted Mm -hmm. to share this with or felt like you needed to share it with? How did you navigate that? Yeah, we definitely, I knew that this would be an interesting family conversation when it came to both of our sides of the family, because, Mm -hmm. you know, we definitely both had parents that enjoyed being grandparents. I have two older sisters. And at this point, one of them had two sons and the other one had three. And that's what they still have right now. But it was an interesting pressure that was kind of there too, because when we would have conversations about me having kids someday, it was always like, yep, and then it's up to you. You have to have the girl, like somebody Mm. has to have a girl. We laugh about it like, oh yeah, like that's a lot of pressure. But so it was always just, again, an assumed conversation that we would get married and have kids and then they would have cousins and all of that kind of stuff. I knew that it would be a tough conversation to have. Um, I'm pretty sure I honestly can't recollect a lot of how it worked with Chris's side of the family. I think what we did is we kind of like divided and I told him like he needed to have the conversation with his family and I Mm. needed with mine. Like we didn't do it necessarily together, but you know, so we can kind of navigate the nuance of, of family life, you know? Right. But yeah, so it was kind of like an announcement one time we got together for some kind of a family event and you know people sometimes have this like baby announcement like oh yeah we're pregnant and he was like guess what we're not gonna (laughs) (laughs) I knew it was wouldn't be taken with cheers and congratulations or anything like that I knew there would be a bit of confusion there but I made sure not to bring it up until I knew that Chris and I were 100% certain so it had been Mm. quite a while after we made the decision before I shared it but they had questions which I was more than happy to answer or anything mm. that they had. And of course, there was a bit of a disappointment there of you know, my mom not having another grandbaby and sure. you know, my sister's not having another baby to <laughs> take care of. And so that was an interesting thing to navigate, but we definitely felt like it needed to be said with our closest people. Other yeah. than that, we didn't feel like it had to be something that needed to be said until people, of course, would bring up the like, okay, when are you going to have kids? Right. Yeah. Question, And then it would be like, okay, well, time to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. Is that a question you've gotten a lot? We did in the beginning for sure. Yeah. Because I think it was like the, okay, you get married and then it's just a natural thing to do. So at first it was definitely, and 
and something I like to kind of talk about now in all of this is this question of when are you going to and Mm. I think that that not only relates to child-free stuff but also like even people getting married or yeah but instead of saying you know when are you going to have kids? The appropriate question might have been, are you planning on having kids? Yeah. Such a, I think it's such a topic that's not talked about a lot. So, so people just naturally go into the assumption. Right. And I love how you held up the two different questions. One clearly has the assumption built in and the other one leaves it open to a more curious conversation where someone can just be like, well, I'm not. Absolutely. And I think in the beginning, I had a harder time talking about it at mm. first than I do now but I think it's because I had a ton of questions inside for myself too like I think the more you navigate the questions and the answers that you have the more clear and confident you can get with what you're landing on for answers and everything like that too but it was something I was navigating as people were asked but I was never afraid to say it you know Mm. and to be like yeah this is the decision we made and this is the right thing for us we definitely between Chris and I we had heavy support for each other when the questions Mm. would come up to be like, nope, this is something we're both solid on and just people just need to respect that. Yeah. Something you just touched on there that I really love is how the ability to speak about it, I think does become easier the more confident you are in your own reasons for the decision, because it's kind of like, you know, people are going to ask those questions, but until you have sorted through your own reasons why you don't really have a ready answer. And that's, I think, maybe where those questions can be really off-putting. Right. And I think that sometimes like people would ask questions that I hadn't yet asked myself. You know, like they maybe came up with one that I was like, oh, I hadn't even thought about that. So now let me think about that a little bit. Like, how do I feel about that? Or, you know, that kind of thing. But it was always kind of comforting to know that whatever answer I came up with never really had me wavering or changing my mind or anything either. You know, it just made it feel a lot more like, okay, this is definitely the authentic me of a decision that I made based on what's right for me. Mm, Yeah, that's super powerful. A lot of people I've heard describe that this can be a very alienating or (laughs) isolating decision. Um, I think that that comes from it does feel taboo to talk about for one thing. Another thing being that as you progress in age, your child free friend pool quickly shrinks (laughs) and 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 that can feel isolating. So I'm curious, is this something that ever felt that way for you? Yeah, so I would say Sometimes, and probably more for the first reason you mentioned than the second, um, I think, you know, people just don't like, they don't necessarily understand. So it's kind Mm -hmm. of a like taboo, like you said, sort of conversation, or they might be making assumptions on, you know, like I said, people ask questions a lot in the beginning, but then later on, as we've met new people, and they notice that we don't have any children together, they don't just come out and ask, like, why don't you? I think there's a lot of people that have assumed that we can't or that we've Mm. had fertility problems and they don't want to talk about it because I think that that's a very tough topic for people to approach as well because there's so much that goes into that. But so they didn't want to ask or they didn't want to say anything. And for me, it wasn't like I was just going to be like, hey, guess what? We don't have kids. Let me tell you why. (laughs) So I think that's just a little bit where you can tell, like sometimes you can just tell that people have the questions, but they don't want to ask them. And so that's a little bit like, no, I'm open to the conversation. It's okay. When it comes to the friend groups and things like that, like I honestly, in reflecting on it, I never really had 
a very strong core of friends that stuck with me from childhood mm. on to now kind of thing. Like yeah. my friend groups were always kind of morphing and changing and everything anyway. So there really wasn't any like pocket of people that I suddenly felt secluded from or anything like that. So that part of it was never really a problem for me. Would you say, do you have any child free friends just out of curiosity? Um, <laughs> it's funny. I'm like, I'm kind of just like running through right now. <laughs> like my biggest fear right now is that I'm forgetting someone. <laughs> <laughs> Right. We can cut this this out out of the podcast if you think of someone later. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think so. So, okay. At least not someone that you cut back in here, but (laughs) openly talked about it with. No. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I guess, you know, that is kind of a part of it too, is that maybe not, maybe not alienating or isolating, but um, I know that there have been times that, well, we invite people over to our house and people have just assumed that we're not inviting their children, like that oh. they can't come because they can't find a babysitter. And we are always more than open to have people over with their kids and with everybody. Like we don't yeah. care about that. But so that's been kind of something where I feel like, you know, people make assumptions sort of on that pace too, to go, oh, well, you don't have kids, so you probably don't like kids. Right. Well, that's not the case at all. We love kids. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I I'm in that. I'm in that boat too. I, I adore kids. Yeah. And I feel like that assumption. I mean, I feel it too sometimes where I think that they might assume we don't want to hang out with them or at their house because their kids are there. And it's like, no, let us help. Let us be there too, be a part of their lives. And also I think that yeah. kids seeing child-free couples is also important to like know that it's an option. I agree with that too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then the, on the topic of like liking kids, I actually worked at a daycare. Oh. <laughs> when I, when I was yeah. like very shortly out of high school, I worked and I loved it. Like I, and kids have always been very naturally attracted to me too, like restaurants and places like that. They'll just come oh. up and say hi and that kind of stuff. And I love that part. Like, that's right. Fine. But, but yeah, it is. And I think that's a really good point that you make about children or, you know, kids growing up see that as well too, as another option. I, I think that is an important example. Yeah. Apart from the assumptions that we were just talking about, has you being child-free impacted any relationships in your life in any other ways? Not a lot. Most have stayed the same. I'd say if anything, I think the marriage with my husband, I think Mm. has been enriched um, by, again, being able to have that time. Even just today, we were just kind of talking about it. And we're like, you know, let's, let's have a date night tonight. So we're going to go downtown and, you know, grab a drink and walk down by the water, by the river there and just have a night where, and I actually thought about this kind of cutting back, but like, if we had decided, because I was thinking pre this conversation, I was thinking about if we decided to have kids, if everything would have worked out timing wise, the way we thought we would probably have a kid that's about to turn 10 Mm, right now. That's interesting. Yeah. So tonight, like they would probably start getting to the age where they'd want to be left alone, like 10 minutes here and there. We're like, we're going next door. Like that's okay. But yeah, we wouldn't be able to quite do that yet. So yeah, yeah. I love interesting thought as well. But yeah, but yeah, so I think that just having that ability, the way we talked about in the beginning to, to continue to date and to work on that part of our relationship has been has been really good. Yeah, I can totally relate. Last night, actually, my husband and I have been like super busy between just work and we're renovating our house. And it feels like just 
kind of busy all weekend at the end of the day, kind of when we'd normally wind down and have more like free time or quiet time or just whatever time. And so yesterday I was just like, let's go get a drink. A new cidery opened up in town and I'd been to it, but he hadn't. So we went out and had a spontaneous date. So that was really fun. And you're right. Like if we had a five or six year old, which there was a point where I thought I wanted kids and it was about six years ago. And so we might have a five-year-old right now. And that probably wouldn't have happened. Exactly. Life would be way different. Yep. I'm curious, have there been any challenges for you as a child-free person? So mine is kind of unique, I feel like, compared to what some people have, because this more specifically has to do with um, having Trevor here half the time. Mm, So as a step-parent, it's kind of interesting to observe sometimes how people like to make me feel better, I guess we'll say. And I guess I'll explain that by like, if there are certain times that people might be talking about things about parenting and it Mm. might be an aspect that for whatever reason, I have not been able to relate to with Trevor, like whether it was, like I said, I met him right before he turned too. So maybe it was like the very baby phase or the, you know, people might be talking about certain things. I have no problem just being like, oh yeah, that's something that I don't really relate to, or I don't really know how that feels. Might be another topic. And there, there will be people who will be like, well, you are a mom though. Like you are a mom. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm his stepmom, but like, that doesn't mean that I've encountered all of these things. You know, he has a wonderful mother who takes care of a lot of the things that maybe if we had had our own child that I might be the one to take care of people's responsibilities in our household or that kind of thing. But yeah, some things that I just haven't experienced. And, and it's almost like there's this awkwardness that people maybe think that I feel bad or less than or something because I haven't birthed a child. Right. It's just kind of this weird thing that happens sometimes that I'm like, it's okay. You don't have to like comfort (laughs) me right now. Like just because it didn't happen doesn't mean I feel bad about it. Right. It almost, it like oh. puts you in the position of sort of having to comfort them, their discomfort. Sometimes. <laughs> yes. You're like, it's okay. This doesn't have to be awkward. Right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, so yeah, but I mean, otherwise, again, it comes in the confidence of just knowing that this was the right decision mm. and, you know, never having to feel like we're having to defend it or anything like that. That I think once we've made the decision and called it a day, then we were, it's like, okay, there's really a lot less struggle with it because you're not resisting anything Mm. that's happening there. Yeah, that is really powerful, but committing to the decision even and not second guessing. So many people would describe or do describe being child free as a selfish choice, like you touched on earlier. What are your thoughts on that characterization? I had to give a lot of thought on that one, because like I said, yeah, right in the beginning, that was one of my first thoughts when deciding to change it was like, am I being selfish? But Mm. All I could think when I thought about that was to who though, who is that being selfish to? Because it can't be selfish to the unborn child because this person doesn't exist yet. And you can't guarantee that this is going to be some kind of amazing life or something they're going to lead. I don't know. Like I was trying to think about that. And then I was like, it's not selfish for me. Like if anything, I feel like it was better because if I had made the decision to have a child while in the back of my mind, not actually wanting one, what would that maybe do to our future relationship or my capabilities as a mother or how I would react to them or that kind of thing? Like it 
it might have been a really toxic circumstance. Who knows? Right. I love kids and I feel like I would have been a great natural parent, but you never know if I knew that I didn't want them, but did anyway, would there be some kind of weird thing that would happen there? I don't know. I kind of thought about that. And then I thought, well, the selfish thing, I think when that comes up, that's basically selfish for our families, right? Or our friends, Mm. grandparents who want grandbabies or people that, you know, that want that. And it's like, if you're only doing it for somebody else, then that's not the reason. Yeah. That's not the reason to do it. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel on the, on the selfish side of things. Like I, I don't think it is at all because I think you have to be concerned about what you want. You're the only one at the end of the day, that's going to be like you and your partner are the only ones that are going to be taking care of this child. So to do it for anybody else who's only going to see them a fraction of the time or to take care of them a fraction of the time, that's just not the right reason for it, I don't think. Absolutely. I completely agree. And I feel like the people who use that label are maybe the ones who are actually being selfish because they want you to have the kids for their reasons. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And not to say that this is a bad, like, I know it's like, this is a very, this is a taboo. part of the conversation you start calling people selfish you know it is to a degree because yeah I mean if they're only wanting you to because they want you know it's only for their reasons you know if they're not considering you as a whole person of do you want to have children for your reasons then it is I mean call a spade a spade right (laughs) and I don't think it's intentional I don't think they're they're aware of it for the most part but not to say that they're less less human for thinking that way. I mean, it's part of the conditioning too, just as much as people are conditioned to want kids and have to sift through that for themselves. If it's actually the right choice for them as a person, I think that someone who's had kids is conditioned to want grandkids or nieces and nephews. It's all connected. Exactly. I agree. Are there things that you wish that other people understood about the child-free experience being a child-free person? Yes. And it is definitely that. And I thought about this as you were describing how you and Grant had this like busy schedule lately and that kind of stuff. I think there's a grand assumption that life is naturally easier or carefree and that we don't have anything to do. Right. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes. Keep us busy and that we have all the time in the world to do whatever we want. Now, granted, we do have more options, I think, you know, that we can decide. But I think a lot of us people who have this time find ways to fill it up. There's other things that we're passionate about. There's other things that take up things we want to do and that it's not necessarily easier. We're all human. We all have our own struggle. This is not just like life on a rainbow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. I That is so well said. I was actually thinking about this exact topic today and I came up with the analogy. It's kind of like the space you have in your house. You're going to fill it with things unless... Yes you set boundaries and intentions to be sure that you don't to like curb your consumption of good. I think it's the same thing with time. If you have the time, you're going to fill it unless you protect it with boundaries. And I think that those child-free people who have more free time have it because they've put boundaries in place to keep Mm -hmm. that time for whatever they want it for. And I think that's actually really admirable. I'm not good at that. I'm working on this. (laughs) I'm a little maxed out right now. And I'm kind of like, hold on. 
let's get some things in check here. I think you're right. Like there is this sort of false assumption that because we don't have kids, we automatically have more time. We have the same 24 hours a day. I won't say this is something that I personally struggle with. Cause again, I think Chris and I have set pretty good boundaries as far as some things go too. But I think something that people might deal with as well is because like, if you don't have children, and you don't have that, that other people in your circle or around you might expect you to be able to jump at a moment's notice and do something for them or with them, that kind of thing. And I think that can be kind of tricky too, a boundary setting to be like, well, no, just because I don't have that doesn't mean that I can just leave right now. Like I might still have something else or another obligation or something I wanted to do today. I'm not just going to drop everything just because. Yeah. To that point, I've been fortunate that like I haven't experienced discrimination in the workplace, but I have heard stories of other people who have been thrown work shifts because their parent coworker had to suddenly go get their kids or something like that. And so they were automatically sort of the one that the work fell to or if there were teams or or work related things to be a part of, they were automatically put into those without necessarily wanting to be in them. I think mm-hmm. that it, it it plays out in the workplace a lot too. Um, I'm fortunate I've never experienced it, but I have heard stories. Have you ever experienced that? Yeah, I'm trying to think back. And honestly, I, I don't remember a lot of personal experiences for me because I was a bit younger and the people I were I was working with at the time it was like everybody was kind of in this stage of like initially nobody Mm. had kids and then people started having them and that kind of thing and I think there is like holidays were definitely something like Halloween I had to work like if there was a late night if it landed on a night that there was late nights that it was like an automatic assumption that I was going to have to work that night because all the kids at the kids holiday, right? So right. it would just always be that way, you know, that kind of thing. Or sometimes schedules would have to get shifted or whatever because of sporting events or because of, oh. you know, that kind of thing. And and to me, like with Trevor, we also had that. So that is a part that I also like, it was, you know, if you should sure. rotate or do that kind of thing. But yeah, it was always just kind of the assumed that the, anybody who didn't have kids, it's like, well, it's easier for you to work nights and it's easier for you to work weekends or to do this kind of thing. Cause you don't have to worry about the family time. So, so yeah, yeah, so that is kind of an interesting topic as well, but I'm sure another guest you have in the future will probably have a little bit more experience or expertise. Yeah, level, but, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So another thing that I think about with the child-free topic is that it seems that often society upholds being a parent as the ultimate form of fulfillment. This isn't something I believe personally to be true. I think that fulfillment is very person-derived and a part of your values and just who you are. I'm curious if you would be open to sharing what brings you fulfillment in your life. Sure. Yeah. Like I kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, as I was building my business um, while still working, it was, I feel like the building the the life coaching business took up a significant portion of my evenings and weekends and yeah. that kind of stuff. So that was my fulfillment because I did love it so much as well. But now that you know, I am able to work that full time and have more space right now, I'm finding fulfillment in learning new things and in exploring mm. new avenues and 
kind of pushing past, like I said, you know, learning how to play golf. I avoided golf for 20 years because I was afraid of looking stupid out on the mm. golf course and not knowing what I was doing. This whole, of course, being a coach, as you know, as well, is you dive into your own personal growth <laughs> pretty deep sometimes. Yes. And so there's been a lot of that, a lot of exploration, personal exploration that I've done in like, okay, what does bring me fulfillment? And what do I want to do? And how do I want this life to look and getting over some old fears and you know, things that were holding me back and that kind of stuff. So, and then just right now, I just want to have fun, you know, mm. like, I feel like that's where I'm at. So golf, thank goodness. I mean, not thank goodness. I guess if I did continue to just hate it, I wouldn't play it anymore, but I have yeah. liked it. I have enjoyed it. Um, so that's been cool. Like I said, picking up the guitar, I've been wanting to do that for as long as I can remember. So granted, I've had it now, I think for maybe a couple months sitting in the house, and I've only played it twice, <laughs> I think, but, but I definitely want to get more into that. I like to draw. I love art, um, different mm. things like that. So, you know, I get it from there. But yeah, I mean, a lot of it just right now is just life, like just learning, yeah. what do I want to do with this life? And how do I like maximize it and make it into just like the most joyful existence I can imagine? That's kind oh, of where I'm at cool. right now. I love that. I think it sounds like you're able to go deeper even into who you are and what you enjoy. And I think that's yeah. really beautiful. So and experiencing life. That's what yeah. I want to do. I just want more experiences right now. Awesome. Well, I love that. Yeah. We were just talking about fulfillment and maybe a, a different way of looking at fulfillment than necessarily what society thinks. I'd like to delve into how do you define family? Because clearly it's a little bit different than the typical mm -hmm. family. Right. Yeah. So again, we do have our, you know, family unit with, with me and Chris and Trevor here, but on the outside of that, like I also define family as really any human that I come into contact with that I can rely on, that I can trust enough to be wholly me, you know, to mm. be completely myself with, Yeah. Um, you know, people who you know are going to support and love you no matter who you are and what you do and, you know, that kind of stuff. But I don't think that it has to be all blood relatives. Mm. I think to me, I've always like my close friends are my family. I would easily for anybody I cared about, I would drop everything if they needed me, you know, to, to be there for them and, and to help, you know, hold their hand through whatever, or yeah. like I've always said, some of my closest friends have been, you know, when you're close, because I'm like, I've literally let them cry on my shoulder and wipe <laughs> their nose on my sleeve when they were done, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't really care. Like I'll, I'll be there or whatever, but yeah. So, I mean, I've always had my family and Chris's family are both amazing groups of people. Like yeah. we have so much fun when we're with them and we just all the time talk about how grateful we are to have such great family units surrounding us all the time with our actual family. And then just over this last, well, with COVID and not being able to really go anywhere last year, we developed a great relationship with a lot of our neighbors mm. in our neighborhood. And that has almost become like a whole new family unit of sorts too. You know, we'll be hanging out and if anybody will make breakfast together or whatever, we'll be you know, <laughs> outside and people will be like, oh, do you need eggs? I'll bring you some eggs. Or do you, you know, and everybody yeah. brings stuff and 
all the kids hang out too, running around, you know, so it is, it's like a village, but to me, it's a family. Yeah. A group of people that care about each other and would do anything to help each other out. And that piece you said about someone who you can be your whole self with, that Mm -hmm. is so key, I think, because some of us are gifted to have those people be our blood relatives, but not everyone is. And I think that that is such a huge part of like feeling the human connection is when you can have those relationships. And I think that is such a core definition. I love that you brought that up. I often hear the question asked of child-free people who will take care of you when you're older. And I'm curious, is that a concern that you have? That was a question that we heard pretty much right at the outset of (laughs) our decision. That was That was one of the first questions. And I know you and I have kind of talked about this a little bit in the past as well, but I, I do believe that it's unrealistic to expect that your children will just do that. That clearly, I mean, there are a multitude of things that happen and nuances in relationships where maybe children don't talk to their parents for a long time or things that happen, or maybe they're not the kind of person that can take on that kind of responsibility, you know, that we're all dealing, well, we're all, but like, there's a lot of, you know, mental health and emotional health things that people are working on right now. And, you know, that might be something that somebody just can't quite take on or a boundary they have to set. So if that's what you're depending on as that, then you might want to have a plan B because you never know. You also don't know if your children, I mean, unfortunately, this is, this is life, but you don't know necessarily that your children are going to outlive you either. Like, you know, anything can happen. That's so true. And I think going into it of knowing that, you know, not being able to rely on just one particular way for it to work out. I think it's good to have a plan B. For us, I'd always like, we've always kind of talked about that. I mean, and this kind of adds on to when you do go child-free, you're also financially, you know, you have (laughs) possibly some more funds available than you would have had you decided to have children. But I always thought, let's try to make sure we're financially set enough that we can be where we need to be so that people can take care of us and we can hire someone or live somewhere. And both of us have said, both Chris and I have said, like, we don't feel like we'll have any issues going into a retirement community and then, you know, the the assisted living stuff, whatever. We're like, we're not opposed to that. You know, we're going to like, at some point we're going to get to an age that hopefully we still want to like sit around and have a couple drinks with people. And <laughs> if we can just stay in a place where we don't have to drive or go anywhere or do anything, and we have that, around us all the time, <laughs> then that would be great. But yeah, yeah, that's where we are now, you know, perhaps our minds will change later. But that's where something that we're trying to make sure that we're taking care of externally and not having to depend like, yeah, we could tell Trevor right now, you know, like, okay, well, you're going to be the one to take hold of, take care of us a little bit. Right maybe he'll help but maybe not maybe he'll live across the country maybe right. he'll, who knows what his life is going to look like and I don't feel like it's fair for us to tell him he has to stay close so he can take care of us right I think that it is really important like you said we child-free people may have more resources because they're not allocated to children like you said it is really important to make those preparations ourselves and also fortunate to be able to. Have you ever regretted your decision to not have kids? I have not. 
Not yet. We haven't. We actually, and we've made it a point to kind of touch base here and there between Chris and I to have this conversation of like, do you still feel okay about this? How, you know, that kind of thing. And we're both still on the same wavelength. We did decide right at the outset because he ended up getting, and I don't think he minds me sharing, but it was like (laughs) the end of 2012 that he got a vasectomy. Okay. You know, that was a little bit more of a permanent decision at that point. And, and yeah, we just said, you know, even if we decided we did change our mind or because I think that's a question a lot of people get. That's what I've been seeing kind of with your new community that you're building here too, is a lot of people get that. What if you change your mind? And honestly, maybe, right? Like I changed my mind to not want to have them after thinking that I did. So maybe I would someday, but we discussed right. always that we would both be okay with like going down the adoption road or, mm. you know, some, some other avenue if we felt the desire in the future to have children or add them or, you know, fostering or any other yeah. options that you can do there. But we haven't regretted it yet. But should there be a time when we would change our minds? I can't imagine it's going to happen as we get older and older. But <laughs> if we did, that we would find another avenue. But so far, no, we've been fully comfortable with this choice. That's awesome. What would you say is the best part of your child-free life? For me, I think it's freedom, really. Mm. The freedom to choose where I might not have had it otherwise. Freedom to, again, like I'm very passionate about the business that I'm building and you know, to be able to put time in it whenever I so decide or put as many hours into it as I you know, not have to worry about any interruptions or what else do I need to do or what other responsibilities are getting in the way or, you know, that kind of thing. So I have a bit of a spontaneous side. There's just sometimes where I just feel like, okay, well, I just want to get up and go. Like, I just want to take a ride up to Door County. Maybe some people don't understand, but there is like a, you know, it's a nice area. It's about an hour away and I'll just go up there for the day or just by myself. Yeah. Like, I don't, you know, and I just like being able to do that to know that I can just shift and change at a moment's notice and, and be okay with that. Mm. So I think that's probably about it. And then kind of being able to, we've talked a lot about like the marriage side of things, yeah. but then nurturing other relationships and friendships and things like that as well. And just the relationship with myself which I think not a lot of people give a lot of time to. Exactly. And I think that is the most important relationship in everyone's life is their relationship with themselves. And it is the foundation for a good life to nurture that one. Yeah. Yep. I agree. (laughs) As much as you can, even if you have kids, like that is such an important thing to try to make sure you're taking care of it. The whole oxygen mask scenario, right? But yeah, I feel like the first thing that goes on the back burner is, take care of yourself. I've really gotten to know myself very well (laughs) over the last (laughs) few years and it's been a good experience. Yeah. Good. As we're wrapping up, is there any advice or encouragement you'd like to share with our listeners? Yes. I think the biggest piece is you are not alone. Mm. Um, I think that the child-free experience, like you said earlier, can feel very isolating. And if you don't have an accepting or supporting system around you to make you feel okay with your decision, then it can be really tough. But definitely sticking with this community that you're building Hmm. on Facebook and with your platform, like I think that has been super helpful for people to kind of see the experiences of everybody else. So yeah, you're not alone. But on top of that, even if you were, it is your life and you get to live it however you so fit. And I think that if you do get people that push back in your life, it's only because they don't understand. 
Mm. It's only because they don't get it. They just, it's not because I don't think they're trying to make you feel like you've made the wrong decision or anything. I think it's just an open invitation for more education. I think that's so important that it is more about that person and their level of understanding. It's not about you. Exactly. And if you don't have that community around you right now, it doesn't mean that that community of other child-free people who get it or not child-free people, just other people who get it isn't out there. They're out there. Yeah. They're out there. 100% (laughs) they are. Yes. You're finding that more and more. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I am. Uh, In April, I did not, I did not know. (laughs) It's been a crazy four months. It's been really amazing. They're out there. Nothing to hide and nothing to be ashamed of. Yes, absolutely. So Jill, if people want to connect with you, know more about you, where can they find you and how can they do that? They can find me on Instagram. I'm at jill.vhcoaching. Otherwise, Facebook, I'm more connected on my personal page. So feel free to friend me out there. I will accept anybody who I can see is not a robot or a <laughs> fake person or anything like that. I'm pretty open on there. So that would be facebook.com and then it's slash coach.jillvh. That's my personal profile. And then I also have website jillvh.com, although that one is a bit under construction at the moment. It should be, I've been kind of rebranding. It's getting a little bit of an identity shift right now. So working on that, but it should be going live hopefully within the next week or so. I'll be sure to to drop those in the show notes so they can find you. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to have you and hear your story and journey. Um, Thank you for sharing. Really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciated being on. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to follow me on Instagram. My handle is Coach Anna Olson. And be sure to subscribe so you're up to date with the latest episodes.